What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. What's up, podcast listeners? I am hanging out with Roger Adkins, who is the top LinkedIn voice around electric vehicles. And he is just an absolute joy to speak with. He's super down to earth and yet one of the most brilliant minds when it comes to not only electric vehicles, but also the broader impact of climate change. I got to dive in and ask some very sort of dumb questions related to somebody who's a novice when it comes to understanding climate change, although I care to understand it better and how I can have a, you know, my individual footprint, but also the deeper impact of things like the transition from, you know, standard gas vehicles to electric vehicles and the impact that it has and the pushback that it has. And so absolutely loved chatting with him. He's just a fantastic guy. So Roger, thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the podcast. Cannot wait to continue to follow you in all the work that you're doing in electric vehicles, but also more importantly, to impact the broader footprint that we're leaving on the world. So thanks a ton. Roger, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. I'm excited about it. Well, Matt, it's always nice to get an invite to join stuff. So thank you too. Absolutely. And uh, thank, thank God for Zoom, because not only even with, you know, with COVID going on, recording in person probably wouldn't work, but you're based in UK, correct? I am. I'm in a small town called Brackley, which is near the Silverstone, the famous Silverstone um, racetrack in the middle of the UK. 
That is amazing. And I just got to ask, what's the, what's the weather like, right? You got to ask some, some softball question. What's the weather like there? It's unseasonably warm and sunny and has been for the last couple of weeks. So together with everything else that's going on, the weather is weird as well. <laughs> well, I have a uh, very cold and gray day. Might get snow, might get rain. So I'm, I'm a little envious of the sunshine. So that's amazing. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I'm excited. Obviously, you have an amazing background. I, I, I've been following sort of a lot of your work in the electrical vehicle space and just some fantastic stuff. But if, if you're willing, I'd love just to hear a little bit about the life story. I know the audience members would just hear kind of, you know, share a little bit about your life story and sort of what's led up to today. Okay. Um, well, I've, I suppose in two halves, really. I tried to be a musician for a for a while. Um, I was in a band when I was a teenager. Then I kind of did some... Uh, more serious stuff when I went to live in London, more sort of cabaret-inspired kind of new romantic type poetry music thing. Um, did that for a while. Um, but one way or the other, even though I loved it and I enjoyed doing it, um, it wasn't going to be something that was going to make me a, a, a living. So unlike a few people that have kept with it and did okay, I kind of bailed out and and um, for various reasons and then got into the automotive industry, which I've been in ever since. So that's really since kind of 1985, so quite a long time. Um, and uh, I, I've, I've kind of been okay at a few things. I've worked for big OEMs. I've worked for startups. I've worked for Audi. Um, I've worked for Richard Branson. And I've worked for some cool little companies doing different things. There was an electric truck company called Modec that made an electric van um, that kind of really triggered my interest in EVs. Like, uh, where are we? 13, 14 years ago. Um, and since that time, I've been very focused on, on electrification and then increasingly renewable energy. And more recently, I suppose, the kind of... Um, challenge of building a circular economy in other words you know a better way of a sustaining life for humans on the planet um, and being respectful to every other thing on the planet as well um, and yeah and a lot of that I suppose most recent time 10 12 years or so has been driven and chronicled by LinkedIn um, which has been something that I kind of fell into, um, but I've spent a huge amount of time on it, predominantly giving by virtue of sharing things and you know, telling stories and, if you like, building a narrative of electric vehicles. And, um, yeah, that, that's been a joy to me because it's given back so much. I mean, I have worked hard and continue to do so in putting stuff out there, but, you know, it's the old, um, it's the old adage, you know, give and you shall receive. That's exactly how it works. If you share a ton of stuff, don't worry about making any money. Don't worry about giving of your time for seemingly nothing. You get it back in spades eventually. You know, it does sometimes take time. But now I'm in the fortunate position where, you know, I get involved in things, invited to things and included in things, which, you know, all works very nicely because that then provides good content, which I like to share, you know, I like to share regularly on LinkedIn. I kind of live on LinkedIn, Matt. <laughs> it's a bit sad to admit that, but it's well. That's okay. Clear. That's how we connected. So I'm glad. I'm glad you do. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. So, so my my quick question: the transition from uh, I guess uh, question number one is what instrument did you play when you were a musician? I play guitar. Nice, nice. So when you transitioned from uh, 
playing guitar to, you know, the auto industry, what was the first piece that sort of caught your interest? Was it manufacturing? Was it car sales? Was it fancy cars? Like what was sort of, was there one particular sort of division in, you know, the automobile industry that really caught your attention? Obviously, I know you probably enjoy the whole process, but we'd love just a, a little bit, you know, little detail on that. Uh, I think kind of style and design. I think if you're kind of creative person, you like, you know, art and form and, and the company I work for was Saab, and Saab had very much a mantra of form follows function. Uh, Saab, back in 1985, made beautiful motor cars, um, and my job as a car salesman, which is what I did from the beginning, um, I suppose the attraction, yeah, was about the, the design uh, um, of beautiful cars, and, and that began with Saab. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm always fascinated kind of what catches people's eyes when it comes to, you know, sort of niche niche fascinations like that. So that's, that's great. So the you have been around the I think you mentioned 13 or 14 years ago, electric vehicles. Is that is that sort of when that first began in your world? Yeah, it did. I worked at London Taxis, the black cab company, and um, they trialed a hybrid electric taxi for a while. They didn't go with it, which was, I think, you know, well, okay, with hindsight, a mistake. Um, But then pretty quickly after that, a company called Modec was formed by the ex-chairman of London Taxis, who sold his shares and wanted to go on a journey with electric vehicles. And that's 2007. Um, And uh, yeah, that's where it all kind of kicked off. And I've kind of been embedded in that world ever since, you know, I can't get out of it. It's like a big hole. I fell I fell into it. And even if I tried to get out, I don't think I could anymore. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's fantastic so what is the uh i i can pretend like i'm an expert in electrical vehicles but i'm not right i obviously follow when when tesla comes out with the electrical truck and you're probably rolling your eyes and saying that's the only thing you know about so i i certainly am no expert and that's why i want to ask the question of like what does the general population sort of misunderstand about the electrical vehicle space and what does you know uh, yeah i guess we'll start there and I've, i've got a couple more questions on that well, I don't think the general public do misunderstand electric vehicles. It's just simply that, you know, for most people all their life, you know, and their, the life of their mom and dad and their grandparents before them was all about combustion engine vehicles, internal combustion engine vehicles and uh, vehicles where you, you know, they did what they did. They, they have a combustion process. You have to put petrol in them or diesel in them. You go to the garage with your mum and dad and do that when you're young and then you do it yourself. Um, and they work and it's fine and it's good and it's, everything's happy. Uh, but I think increasingly then over time, the public have become aware of air quality in cities and that's kind of come at a similar time to um, the the harder to understand challenge of climate change because that's a big thing. That's a for some people, it's I suppose you could call it a nebulous concept. It's a lot more than that, of course. But nonetheless, it's hard. It's not it's not necessarily tangible to people all the time. Whereas, you know, the quality of air in a city, whether you can taste you know, something unpleasant on your tongue or whether when you cough or splatter, you see black stuff and wonder what the heck it is. That is clearly understood by the general public. And I think now, you know, with the advent of press, you know, brands like um, um, Tesla, for sure, uh, people can see that there is an alternative. At the moment, their senses, I think that they're expensive and they don't go as far and it's a bit less convenient and all of that stuff. So most 
most of the public perception of EVs is predominantly negative, whereas most of the people that have an EV, their understanding is predominantly positive. You know, you don't have to keep going to the garage and fill it up with petrol. You don't have to have it serviced every six months or 12 months or whatever, necessarily. Um, you know, you can fill your car up at home because you plug it into something and charge up from your house. And, uh, you know, and, and the merit and benefits of it are very, you know, they're very well known to, to EV owners. Um, but, yeah, the general public are still a bit, I think, relatively unaware of what the heck these things are. Yeah, that's that's fascinating to hear. I you'll, you'll probably get a kick out of this. My first business was in lawn care, and I started as a 15 or 16-year-old. And I remember filling up trucks, and this was back when uh, when gas was 450, uh, right around 450 a gallon in the United States. And now, obviously, uh, with everything going on right now, it's not quite that. But so I certainly can resonate with the idea of uh, going to the going to the gas station, having to fill up a, a, a gas guzzling truck, and you know that's it, interesting to say that. So with with the maybe this is a touch of an esoteric question but what is what are electric vehicles sort of as that begins to become more and more popular popular and the education of the general population happens more and more what are what are like electric vehicles creating next and what i mean by that is once maybe electric vehicles become the popular car of choice and, and we're sort of phasing out of gas, what will we create sort of beyond that? Is it going to be changed to vehicles as the, you know, as they live? Is it going to be turning more things into, you know, traveling in the air versus traveling on the road? I mean, so what, what is electric vehicles helping us do beyond just the vehicle aspect? Well, I think predominantly sustainability. It's a, it's allowing us to have um, uh, resources and things which are more beneficial, which are more uh, circular than linear. You know, you will hear a phrase, I, I probably use it far too much without qualifying it properly. You know, the shift from a linear to a circular economy. Well, what that simply means is rather than using things once and chucking them away, you know, like a gallon of fuel, you, you, you fill your car up, you drive, the gallon of fuel is gone, that's it. You know, it, it came out the ground or was produced a long time ago, became a you know fossil fuel and, and so on and so forth. Whereas um, with electrification and many other things that are coming as part of that, uh, these are things that are more circular, things that, that last longer, things that have, you know, a second, third life and so on and so forth. So, for example, the battery in an electric vehicle will be almost like think of a let me think of a phrase um almost like the meat in the sandwich between mobility electric mobility and renewable energy so renewable energy whether it's from your own roof or you know wind farm somewhere or a bunch of other stuff that's that's renewable energy which is inherently intermittent you know it comes and it goes it's only solar energy during the day of course um but but all those things all that all that renewable energy needs um, energy storage. So one of the long-term plans, objectives, ambitions, if you like, visions, is that a growing stock of electric vehicles on the planet become the kind of buffer for renewable energy. They become the kind of inherent storage device um, uh, in their millions uh, for how we manage um, renewable energy, accelerating more renewable energy into the grid and becoming less reliant on coal and oil and gas. 
Um, that doesn't necessarily mean we don't ever use coal and oil and gas anymore. We probably will for some considerable time. But the principal objective is to make that, you know, less time than, than, than a longer time, obviously, because of the, you know, what it does to 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 you know, man-made accelerated climate change. Um, so yeah, electric vehicles are an important part. Um, and they also figure in a kind of quartet of change, which I'm not gonna go through in absolute detail because it'd be long-winded, but connected, autonomous, shared and electric, that quartet of change that's often called case, that's a big part of what's going on as well. Yeah, the, I, I would imagine we would need three or four hours to, to dive into all the different pieces of that, which is fine. <laughs> we, yeah. uh, time, time for another podcast. But so, so, you know, what would you say is the ideal? So for somebody as an enth- enthusiast in the space and obviously, you know, well-educated of all the benefits of electric vehicles and everything going on, what's like the realistic timeline, not to make it all perfectly and remove, you know, the need for gasoline and cars, but like, what would be a realistic timeline for humanity to sort of make that shift uh, to, to sort of see the benefits? Obviously, those that get it, get it, but there's a huge amount of people that just don't. And so is there a timeline, you know, predictive of sort of when the electrical vehicles have arrived and, and you know, what would be sort of, I, I guess, a, a, your thought and timeline and how long that's going to take to do? I'll try and put it as simply as I can, because it's a very good question. And there's a lot of complexity behind. What yeah, I'm not asking that. easy ones. So thank you for, uh, <laughs> thank yeah. you for taking it on. <laughs> okay, uh, right. Simple, quick answer. Definitely within the next 10 years, maybe even five, we're going to see a dramatic shift to full electrification from buses and taxis and vans. The shift to electric cars, you know, for lots of people all around the world, um, will take between 10 and 20 years. And whilst that's going on, there will be um, a kind of secondary uh revolution if you want to put it like that evolution some might call it which is fewer and fewer people will own cars um they they will use cars and this will have an impact uh, on things too but the simple answer to your straightforward question um within five to ten years dramatically with buses taxis and vans and um 10 to 20 with with cars yeah, no, that's that's great. Thank you for uh, thank you for making that a simple answer and a very complex question. So kudos to you for doing that. That's fantastic. So I tell you, Matt, that takes makes a refreshing change because sometimes I can hear myself talking and think, please tell him to stop. I mean, even want I don't want to listen to myself anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're a guest on my show, so you're here to talk. I want that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so so. You have been putting out tons and tons and tons of content on predominantly LinkedIn, but all over the place. And obviously, there's got to be a a, a deeper drive than just, you know, viewership or anything like that. What would you say is sort of the the deep-rooted motive to your 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 niche fascination love heart for electric vehicles and like what what would you want the world to learn or know or understand better from you? Oh, again, that's, that's a tricky question. You can't. I know really, we should have we should have booked out four hours. Come on now. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. You, you alluded to something earlier on, Matt, in the call where it was a bit about. Um, I don't know if it's in our preamble or, or when we started recording. You know what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, I really like 
connecting people. I really find it fascinating and fun to meet kind of two people completely independent of each other and just for hopefully the right reasons think, wow, you know, Matt should know John or John should know Jane or, you know, Julie should know Steve because of what they do and because of what they could possibly do for each other and with each other. I, I love that kind of catalyzing uh, ideas or things like that. You know, the biggest joy for me out of LinkedIn, there's no doubt, you know, some of working hard on LinkedIn and establishing yourself and having a following, it's undeniable some of that's to do with ego and whether ego is to do with, you know, um, a sense of, you know, worth or not, you know, trying to establish a sense of worth. I, 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 you know, I'm not sure. But, but, but to be honest with you, my main joy out of LinkedIn is, is joining things up, is, is, you know, helping people and companies sort of come together and, and accelerate stuff. So, so that's one thing. The, the other thing is I just think that humanity is capable of so much more. I just think we're a bit bloody clumsy in the way our, our kind of politics works, the way our economies work the, or have worked. Um, and I think there's such a better way in which we can be a far better species on the planet um, and not superior as a species and certainly not inferior but we should be the custodians of the planet and everything about it um, um, as best as we, we can possibly be. And we haven't demonstrated that yet, um, whether it's nirvana to, to consider that, that we ever will. Um, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that. I, I'm an eternal optimist. I can't see the point in pessimism because pessimism tends to go into deeper pessimism you know, if you're an optimist and you keep getting knocked, well, okay, you're still an optimist, but you're, you're, you can still be positive, even though you've got a few scars and you you maybe go on the scale of, you know, 100% optimism to 90%. You're still optimistic, but, you know, that's what drives me, um, the belief that things can be made better. And that is the the motivation I needed to get through my day. And I know the listeners are going to love that as well, too. So thank you for that. That's It shows that I, I want to say this carefully. You are gifted with the ability to have a large audience and you use it well. And, and sure, even if, you know, tons of people read it and you get a lot of likes, yeah, that feels good. But that's not the driving force to what you're doing here. And that's, I find that just fascinating and also, you know, super humbling to, to, to hear that from your perspective. So, so thank you for sharing that. I want to give you an opportunity uh, for, for, for those that want to tune in, follow you, listen to you, read your stuff. Where's the, obviously you mentioned LinkedIn and I'll include uh, your, your uh, a link to LinkedIn on your, on your show notes. But is there anywhere else you want me to tell audience members to go to to follow you or, or reach out to you or anything like that uh, yeah i have a website but uh, it's not that good but it's okay and it carries a lot of stories some of which i don't put on linkedin for for various reasons um and that's electricvehiclesoutlook.com um so that there's there's kind of a bunch of stuff on there but i really don't have time to do much more other than the work in and around linkedin i don't really do Facebook or Twitter, to be honest with you, people always just seem to be arguing on Twitter. <laughs> the thing that, that I do find about LinkedIn in general is most people are considerate, patient, and fairly polite. Um, I think at, of all the years I've been on it, I've got about, and I almost hate myself that I have, about 12 people that I've blocked 
um, because they kept being awkward and like difficult and occasionally quite rude. And, and I'm quite annoyed that I had to do that. I'm annoyed with myself that I wasn't able to kind of, you know, find a way of, of working with people. But, but, but that's a tiny minority. So, so LinkedIn is, yeah, you'll find me on LinkedIn. And, and uh, um, I don't connect with everybody, by the way, and I wouldn't want anyone to be offended if I didn't connect with them. I feel if it's not something that I can see would work for both of us, I think just connecting with people just because they've sent you an invite um, shouldn't be the case. I send invites to people sometimes to connect and they don't accept. And, and I, I, don't, I don't feel bad about that. I think, okay, look, if you don't think there's a reason for us to be connected, that's fair enough too. Um, so it's got to be mutual. Um, yeah, but, love but, that. You know, that's kind of how I play it. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? I just want to say a huge thank you for being a guest on the show, but is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Yeah. Uh, yes, there is, Matt. And thank you. I think it's about what I call the thing. I'll have to call it COVID-19 so everyone knows what I'm, being, what I'm talking about. Um, I'm 61 years old. Clearly, this is something I've never seen in my life. And I think unless you're 102, 103, you weren't even alive um, when the last big pandemic happened, which was uh, influenza, influenza. They called it Spanish flu, which is a bit of an unfortunate name because it wasn't the Spanish. It wasn't anything to do with the Spanish. Um, uh, all I want to say to people is, look, you know, uh, keep calm, carry on, deal with whatever challenge and difficulty you've got for some people it's a lot harder than others in terms of their employment or lack of it or money or lack of it um so it's not an equal thing for everybody but i would say to anybody and everybody that's listening in that regard you know just keep working together do as you're kind of told to be you know collective in your approach because because that's how we're going to help each other out of this uh, situation but don't despair you know be hopeful because you know it's a raging storm causing immense damage but it will pass and that i guarantee yeah that's so good that's thank you i mean that's that's uh motivational it's inspirational it's also just uh i like how you said keep calm like just take a deep breath and it's a special time for that and although there's a lot of stress and and, and chaos yeah. in the world taking a deep breath and saying we're gonna get through this I, I i think that's i think that's powerful stuff so roger thank you so much for being a guest on the show this has been an absolute blast blast for me and inspiration for me and i've learned a lot and uh just excited to continue to follow you and every all the work that you're doing so thank you Thank you, Matt. I think you really appreciate your interest. It's, it's genuinely appreciated.